to life. It's time to make money, it's time to take flight. Uh, yeah. Spreaders to life, faders or tailors. This pigs feel right. Yeah, uh, it's four guys trying to get the bag. The bad bad it ain't our over man. Overs and props with Mike and Craig. I lay locks with Mike and Craig. Making bets, making bets, making bets, y'all. Winning bets, winning bets, winning bets, y'all. Better's delight, it's time to take flight. Hello, welcome everybody to the first inaugural episode of Better's Delight, the newest sports betting podcast on the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Greg Crone. You know me from You're Wrong and Here's Why. Uh, I, we are here to present you the the regular guys gambling show, uh, looking at the lines, breaking down the weekends. Uh, our friends at Bavada Sportsbook are going to be uh, the lines that we're going to be going over and using. Um, we'll be exploring the entire weekend, basically, of the, the betting board. Uh, I have a couple of people with me who are going to be on the show regularly. Uh, some uh, you've heard before on the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. Others uh, are, you know, uh, new introductions to everyone out there in the listening world. Um, the first one I'll bring on is a, a, a noted Kevin James fan, if you've ever listened to him on the Underdog or even on You're Wrong and Here's Why. Uh, and that is uh, my esteemed brother, Matt Crone. Matt, what's up? <laughs> Greg, how are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's fun to finally do a podcast with you after being on many shows on the network in the past year. So it'll be good to bounce some ideas off you, some of my thoughts and everything. So I look forward to uh, working with you. Well, it's just very funny that uh, you're usually the replacement guy and I, now you're essentially in. Like yeah. You actually get a starting position. Uh, from the bench to the uh, to the starting lineup. Yeah, uh, it's never worked out in my sports career, but uh, let's see if it can go good with my uh, podcasting career. Uh, probably not, but we'll <laughs> see what happens. Uh, so the, the next guy up is yet another uh, family member, um, another crone brother joining the, the Underdog Podcasting fray, uh, and that is our youngest brother, Mike. Uh, maybe the youngest. Thanks for having me, but I'm definitely the... The best gambler out of all of us. I'll be able to get, provide all the winners way better than all the rest of these guys in here. Listen, just because in the test show that we did, uh, you went uh, an illustrious three and one doesn't mean yep. uh, you can go around bragging about it. No one will ever hear that or know that we both picked Denver plus 14 Sunday night. That's Easy. never going to happen. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, certainly uh, our... <laughs> It's it's a family show. Let's let's be honest. It is it is a group of family members coming together. We bring in the fourth member, uh, Mark Coletta, our cousin, joining the club. What's up, Mark? Boys, I may not be a crone, but definitely honorary. Felt like I spent enough nights there, but uh, feels good to be on. Finally, get this idea off the ground, egg. After yeah, yeah. Finally, I don't know what was it. Two years ago, we finally brought that up. Yeah, two years ago, we, me and you were originally kicked around the idea, and then we both decided to kick our feet uh, for a very long time until eventually the opportunity came, and, and now we're here, and there's four of us. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like uh, I'm going to be very popular to fade. As Mike said, he's going to be the one that's going to be winning. I'm not as confident. You can definitely take my bits, bets and uh, go on the other side. Yeah, let's be honest. The, there's there's a level of confidence here that uh, Mike has, but then immediately retracts on. You'll 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 be able to pick up on that as as we go. Um, but yeah, so essentially we're getting getting together uh, and taking a look at the weekend. We're kind of walk you through 
the weekend slate. And especially now, this time of year, you're getting late in the college football season. That's going to pretty much occupy your Friday and Saturday. Uh, you have the NFL uh, it on Sunday. And then we love to sprinkle in those Saturday night UFC picks with basically every weekend having a UFC card. Saturday night is, is a place where you can try to maximize your money uh, with some nice underdogs in the UFC. Um, and then immediately lose it all on Sunday in the NFL. That's that's pretty much how that works. Um, but yeah, that that's the format of the show. We're gonna we're gonna go around and give our picks through our own eyes, the guys that are staring at the board on a regular basis, uh, almost well daily, uh, to try and find out where we can try to make our money. Um, I guess, guys, if we want, we can go ahead and get started and take a peek at uh, the Saturday college football card. A lot of COVID games happening. Obviously, Michigan, Ohio State getting canceled. Um, There's just it's it's, we've sort of hit that weird peak here uh, with with COVID that's taking a lot of games off the board. But there's still plenty of opportunities and plenty of games out there to take a look at. Matt, we'll go to you first and see what uh, what's that first game you like on, on Saturday? Well, speaking of COVID and the COVID situation, this is a game that was put on the board due to the COVID situation. Um, Arkansas State at 3 o'clock against the University of the Incarnate Word. Um, on Bovada Sportsbook, you can see it at um, Arkansas State's minus 22.5 with a 4-7 and seven record. And they're coming off a high-scoring game. The University of the Incarnate Word has not played a game yet this season. <laughs> Their season has been completely canceled. But they will be playing in the springtime. So this is literally their first game. Barely any practices, barely any time to like to play football. Uh, Arkansas State has played pretty strong. I just think... Like, no contest. This will be a 100% blowout for Arkansas State. It just it, – the Red Wolves are going to walk in – or I, I believe it's at Arkansas State. They're going to walk into that stadium and just hand hand it to them because they've literally, literally not played one game all fall. I mean, that is absolutely wild. <laughs> the greatest wild. pick that we could start this show with, I think. <laughs> just the, the University of Incarnate Word, which – Side side note, I almost went there, but well, <laughs> what's actually really funny is I think COVID may have claimed this game as well. Oh um, no! Unfortunately, that's that's that might be the rumor uh, that's floating out there. Um, so hot start. Um, oh, no, I'm I'm jumping oh, the article right now. Yeah, so, in Cornwall, oh, no. in Arkansas State. Honestly, do we just restart? I don't know what's going on here. This yeah. is, how did they get COVID if they haven't played a game? <laughs> I don't. I think it's with. I think the issue is with the Arkansas State Red Wolves. I, I was going to argue against well, that. Not really. Well, <laughs> regardless, State. regardless, this is this is the problem, and and it's really the issues that that the the regular gamblers are trying to face every weekend when you're going to look at these games. You pick a game on a Wednesday, and you're like, boom, I am I'm locked in. Arkansas State, I'm locked in on them on Saturday. And look at that, Arkansas State incarnate word off the board due to COVID-related stuff. It's not even it's not even really that big of, of a blunder. I mean, I've done it multiple times looking at the, looking at the board. Games get canceled on the day of. Um, it's not every game like Michigan and Ohio State that's canceled on like Monday of that week or Tuesday. So, all right. Well, we'll let you regroup, and and we'll, I mean, we'll just mark that down as a W before the. I mean, oh. I mean, one and zero, one and zero in the podcast history. I think uh, I think we're good to go. All right. 
Who's up to hot? Not a loss. It's not a loss. It's definitely not a loss. That's for sure. Um, all right. Well, we'll 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 go over to Mark. Mark, what are you what are you looking at on Saturday? So I'm actually looking at America's game. I'm looking at Army Navy here, and Army's seven and two this year. Uh, Navy's three and six, struggling a little bit, but Navy historically just takes this game, and they are plus seven. So I'm just going to go with the midshipmen and the points here. Uh, there's a lot of weird things going on. Obviously, COVID has some effect on this game as well. It's being played at West Point, which you'd think would go towards Army's favor, but Navy's actually won three is three and zero in the Army Stadium. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to uh, pull it off and win in front of the president. So, so what are your thoughts here? I mean, Army has won, I think it's four of the last five, right? Or th- at least three of the last four. Um, Navy got back on the board last year with a 31 to seven drubbing, yeah. uh, at, at the link, uh, which not the, not the easiest place to play. Um, but that home field advantage in that situation, I am assuming there's not going to be fans. So it really doesn't, doesn't really play into it. No, um, but I mean, the main couple things that I'm looking at here is, you know, Navy has had, they're going to be off for three weeks going into this game. I think that they, they're going to have a lot of preparation going into the game. And then one other thing that I saw was they actually have a common opponent this year in Tulane that just dominated Army 38 to 12. And Navy actually beat Tulane 27 to 24 at Tulane, I, I believe. So I feel like Navy's going to be able to definitely stay within that touchdown and possibly win the game at 225 money line. Mm. I'm definitely going to stick with the uh, plus seven. And just take the points there. Also, wow. Navy's uniforms for this games are some of the strongest I've seen in years. Oh, so I do love this pick. Did they release the them? Game is so strong in these every year. Did they release them? I would say Army. They did release them. Army's is a little underwhelming. It's really just kind of one color. Navy's is really just shock you in your face with this um, blue on the top and kind of like oceany feel. I, I love it. I yeah. Navy plus seven feels like an easy bet just based off the pictures alone. <laughs> I think this this might be a real hot take. I mean, I respect the troops, but I think I mean I love the atmosphere of this game and everything. But the actual football stinks every time. Is that just me, or is that you don't love yeah, the I mean, triple option? No, it sounds I, like you don't respect the troops. Actually, so <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just dislike the actual football game. The atmosphere, everything around, it's awesome. It's been great, but I just the football is boring to watch in my Let eyes. Let it be noted, Mike hates flyovers. Ooh, <laughs> hate to see that. Hate to uh, see that. So before we get into the general argument that we got in earlier today, prior to recording, um, <laughs> are you adding this to your card, Matt? Is that also going to be one of your picks? Yeah. So next week you can be like, oh, I also got that right. Uh, no, no. I, I will now in the future let you know what is a pick and what is just an agree. So I will throw that out so I don't have to yell at you guys in text messages that my record's better than when it actually is recorded. So it will be it will be well known to the to the listeners and to the group here what my picks are. All right. So almost no faith in, in Coletta's first pick. Awesome. Um, <laughs> at least I'll take game, agree. Yeah. At, at least it's a game that's being played. Uh, all right, Mike. <laughs> Mike, where are you at uh, this Saturday? So uh, I'm going to actually go to a game that's going to be happening at the Rose Bowl at uh, 7.30, 7.30 at night. Uh, it's USC versus UCLA. And I, I like the Trojans, minus two and a half, four and 4-0 oh this year. Caden uh, Slovis is 
been throwing the rock around. I really think the QB for UCLA. Uh, again, this would be a common theme, spite picks, obviously. Oh. I bet on Dorian Thompson-Robinson a lot last year, and I think he has improved this year. The, this is a UCLA quarterback, but I still don't think he's that good of a college quarterback. He's athletic, he can move around, but he still misses a lot of throws, in my opinion. So I think he'll probably have a good amount of turnovers against that uh, secondary for USC. They're pretty good. So uh, I think they, they can lock UCLA down, and uh, they'll cover that two-and-a-half spread. So – Talking about spite picks, I have like consistently just bet against Chip Kelly, like everywhere he's gone since uh, since his stint with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, we'll put it on the table now. We're all Eagles fans. We're all Philadelphia sports fans. We're not going to make this a Philly sports podcast. Will there be complaining about Philly sports? Most likely, but that's that's neither here nor there. This is about the picks, and in this case, I love this pick. I could pick against Chip Kelly all day, every day. It does worry me because this year. UCLA has been better. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's it's one of those things that, like, I'm basing it off of how bad they were last year, and they've obviously improved, um, gotten a little bit more consistent play out of their quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but it's and I'm still going to consistently. I think consistently in, I think in future years, I think UCLA is probably going to become a, a much better program though once Chip Kelly gets his guys in there. Because he's only been there like two years. This is his second year, maybe, right? Second or third. Second or third. So I think once he gets more of his recruits and guys in there, I think UCLA like, could rise up in the future. But now I just think I think they'll they'll get uh, they'll get smushed by USC. I think they're just a flat out way better team. Chip Kelly does cover though. They're four and one against the spread so far this year. Uh, which I mean, obviously it's it's a very small sample size, especially this late in the season. Rivalry games though. Rivalry that games is a are rivalry tough. game. I mean, if you love, I got some weird stats. USC is six and three at the spread in their last nine games. That's on a Saturday. So, if you want to take that to the bank, take that to the bank. So nine and three, right? That's twelve games. Six and three, six and three. Oh, six and three. So that's nine games. They've only played four games this year. So five of those games are with a completely different roster, basically. Outside of maybe a couple trends, Greg. Trends, yeah, trends. Follow the trend. Yeah, the, the trend is you sending your money to. Uh, Bovada Sportsbook and them keeping it. <laughs> um, that is true. Yeah. So, <laughs> anybody else thoughts? USC, UCLA? Yeah. Uh, hate Chip Kelly. All right. Well, <laughs> there we go. That's, that's, I mean, then again, now we're seeing, I'm not trying to talk Eagles, but like, was it Chip's fault? Like, but I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it absolutely was. <laughs> the, the first place I'm going to go here. With uh, with my picks, and it's going to be um, <laughs> even though nobody will ever hear the original episode, I made a pick, and it involved Appalachian State. This team just didn't show up last week. They have Georgia Southern in a bounce back spot. They're minus nine and a half on Bovada Sportsbook, and they are ready to go out there and just absolutely dominate this team. I mean, I, I don't see any way they don't cover this number. They consistently outscore this team. They've pretty much k- just crushed almost everybody in their league, except for last week at, at ULL. It's I just don't see how, how App State doesn't get it. This is one of those get-back games. It's one of those – I've spent almost the entire season being unbelievably wrong every time Louisville plays. It's just they're that team. App State is, is going to be that team for the remainder of the season that I'm going to consistently follow and try to get to. But that's just a spite pick. 
based off what happened last week. I wonder why, uh, I wonder why the Louisville you're always wrong with. Well, I follow a guy who's usually wrong with everything. Um, <laughs> this is why, this is why you can't take gambling advice from, from people, you know, because no matter what, if you win, sure, but more than likely you're going to lose. And then you blame them. Exactly. And, and then I have to have an irrational hatred toward you. Like that's just going to be the case. Uh, and, and, it's been the entire season with Louisville and it's always, it's always something Well, they're running back opted out. Their quarterback got hurt. Now he's back. Now he's not at Louisville. I'm out on it. Louisville can, can get out of here for all I care. Um, but my, my other pick in college football is the, uh, the probably one of the not biggest surprises, but a team that has um, finally solidified a position and that's quarterback. They finally solidified a position, and it's shown in the way they've played and how, how well they've done this season. And that, that's the, the Miami Hurricanes, baby, the U. Minus three on Bovada Sportsbook against UNC. De'Ara King has, has made them a legitimate team. They're ranked in the top ten. I can't, I can't remember the last time uh, this the Miami team was ranked this high, in, this late in the season. Um, I love this pick. Love it. Probably just because I'm born in the 90s and I grew up, you know, with Miami being good. And I just want them to be good again. And having them in the top 10 just makes me so excited. But I think they are going to roll UNC. As you know, I'm a big, big Miami fan. Big fan of the U. But uh, I, I, I was thinking about this as one of my picks, and I liked the line and everything. I loved Derek King. I loved him at Houston. I loved when I knew he was going to Miami and everything. It's just something about that offense for UNC got me nervous. I can't what I can't think of the quarterback's name at the moment, but that kid can absolutely throw the ball all over the field. It, it's all it's all if Miami's defense is actually going to step up because you know Derek King's going to show up. It's all if Miami's defense is actually going to step up and make some plays. Turn put that turnover chain on. <laughs> You're talking about Sam Howell, right, Mike? Sam Howell. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he he he's a very good quarterback that. Gets he can move and he can throw the ball all over the field. Yeah, no, North Carolina is is a very good team. They're a very well coached team. I mean, Mac Brown is a college football coaching legend. He's turned that program sort of around from where they were really kind of floundering to to a consistently high ranked team. I just don't. I, I just don't think in this spot the games in Miami. I. I and I know I say that I say that, and it's COVID, and it probably doesn't matter. But it's Florida, so COVID really doesn't matter. So sold out stadium, exactly. Right, <laughs> stadium in Miami, uh, cheering on the boys. I, I just, I, I, I love, the, I love them. I love the Hurricanes in this spot. Now, how do we feel? I'm looking at this on Mafada Sportsbook now, where um, the over underline is set at 67 and a half points. That is a lot of points. It is a lot. I a three thirty three thirty game in Florida. It's that's known to score a lot of points. I think I like over sixty seven and a half for both these teams to show up and really put some points on the board against in, a, in like a slobber knocker type bout. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I was. I was gonna argue against you if you're gonna say the under because I just think both of these teams can move the football down the field like no other. So you can definitely see a high scoring type affair 
And for the listeners at home, I haven't bet the under in roughly 28 years of my life. So um, take that with a grain of salt. But I do like the over. I do think both these teams are going to come out firing, both scoring touchdowns. So put that in as my one of my college football picks of the week for sure. Look at this. Look at this. He's just adding picks all the time. Wow. I mean, my other game got canceled. The word of the <laughs> – <laughs> it got canceled 19 hours ago. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Now I'm letting you know that is my pick over 67 and a half. The clarification Perfect. has been made. I'm glad we. I'm glad we've defined this exactly <laughs> the way that we want it. Everybody knows that you are on the over in Miami UNC, and quite frankly, I love the pick. I think that. They are, like Mike said, the, the UNC offense can really move the ball. Sam Howell does have a, a fantastic arm. Um, but I, I, th- I think that Miami can score quickly. And De'Ara King, has, he's, he's electrified that offense. I don't, I don't see a lot of defense being played in this game. And you say 67 and a half is a high number. Not really. Not in college. College football always – obviously the overs are always more than – uh, the NFL and stuff like that. So when I see 67 and a half, I'm like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right in this situation. I mean, UNC Wake Forest scored over 100 points two weeks ago. So <laughs> numbers like that can happen. Also, yeah, strong, strong Jersey game. Sorry to cut you off. Strong Jersey game from both these teams here. So I think it'll be a lot of touchdowns based off that fact alone. They might move faster. With the nicer jerseys, you move faster. Makes sense. We do like jerseys here on this show. Yeah. I, I mean, how it, it now? I'm actually almost rethinking it. How am I going to get? I am. How am I going to bet against the Jordan Brand team? And now I don't I, know. Now I can't. Sorry, I mean to cut you off, but now I can't wait for uh for UNC to win like thirteen to ten, <laughs> like an well, AFC North football game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's well. See, but that's that's the issue we get into all the time. Is you look at these games and you're like, there is no possible way this team loses, uh, or this team doesn't cover this, or these teams don't just pile on the points. It's exactly what I did in App State last week. I said, there, I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at all the points they've scored this season. There's, God, there's only been one game they didn't score 30 points, and then they lay an absolute dud, and I'm losing money over here. So that's just the way it works. Every single agent. time. Yes, every single time. <laughs> um, every single one. <laughs> Mark, what's your next game in uh, in college football? Oh Well, we've had a lot of spite picks so far. Uh, I think this one's going to be the first heart pick. I'm going with my Wildcats. They're 14-and-a-half-point uh, <clears throat> favorites against Illinois. And I'm talking, of course, of Northwestern Wildcats. Oh, uh, we got uh, the oh you meant Westchester. <laughs> Those aren't what? <laughs> anyway, uh, so we got Northwestern five and one going against Illinois at two and four. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big Northwestern guy. Uh, they're coming off their first loss against Michigan State, but they've won the last five Land of Lincoln battles here. Four of those by double digits, twenty nine to ten last year. Uh, it's just, this is just purely a heart pick, and I just want the Northwestern Wildcats to win, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my money where I want when it to win. So that's it. Well, so the, the struggles last week with Michigan State, like where where did that put you as as a, a true diehard Northwestern Northwestern guy? I mean, this season was just too good to be true. I you know starting off five and zero, they were ranked at number eight at the time. Just people talking about the college football playoff. I was getting excited, and you know it's Northwestern. That's just not going to happen. I should know this, but you know. 
I, I dream. I'm a, I'm a dreamer. And I don't know. Michigan State stinks, but they beat Northwestern. Who cares? Whatever. I'm still putting the money on Northwestern minus 14 and a half against Illinois. They also stink at two and four. Uh, you know, they're a big run team. Northwestern's got a really good defense. Their linebackers are always really good under Fitzgerald. And, you know, that's that's all I got there. It, let, let's be honest. The Big Ten as a whole with, uh, you know, outside of Ohio State, the Big Ten in general is really the uh, too good to be true teams. I mean, uh, as it, it'll eventually come out, me and Mike, uh, both Penn State alumni, uh, and um, it, that is the, the definition of a too good to be true team. They lose a week three game to Pitt and then end up winning the Big Ten and not making the college football playoff. Like, there's always those heartbreaking losses for every team in, in the Big Ten, unless you're Ohio State. Yep, yep. And can I just make a quick side note about the over-under here? Uh, I'm looking at it on Bavada at 40.5. Just think it's hilarious that that's the over-under after talking about a 67.5 over-under in the Miami game. <laughs> we were ju- literally just talking about how 67.5 is like nothing. Like, there's no way they don't come close to that. And now you're looking at you're looking at mediocre Big Ten football. And honestly, like the under is probably the play. Play <laughs> like It's probably the play. I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to do it, but it probably is the play. I, I <clears throat> Looking at an under and it being 40 in a college football game just terrifies me. It's probably the play. You're probably right, but there's no way I'm not going to sit there and be like, yo, 40 points. It's like three touchdowns apiece. That absolutely can happen. It could happen in the first half, and or it could just be like a 10-10 game going into overtime. And somehow they'll get to the over. There could possibly be 75 punts in that game between <laughs> both teams. The only thing is where I'm kind of nervous with Northwestern, I'd like to see them cover, but just all year I've been kind of bashing Illinois with one of my friends because last year he tried to tell me they were a good team. They had a losing record. He tried to tell me they're still a good team. They still have a losing record. Because they have Lovey Smith and his gray beard. And, I, I mean, unless he, like, has them show up, but they, they still aren't very good. I, I think Northwestern should roll them unless they punt it about 85 times. I mean, Coach Swagger matters, though. Coach Swagger, Coach Swagger for sure matters in these games. Like You know Pat Fitzgerald has that swagger, though. He yeah, has of course. It. Only at Northwestern. That's the only place he could have it. But he has it. <laughs> he does have it. He is a great coach. I do agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Pat Fitzgerald, excellent coach at Northwestern. Can't wait to see him on the Michigan sidelines next year. Um, <laughs> oh, dagger, uh, just dagger. We'll slide that one in. We'll move on to uh, anybody else's college football picks. I, I know, uh, Mike. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I had a I had a backup one that if I, if nobody wanted to jump, if, well, if somebody, I do it. have one more once once we get there. All right, Matt, go ahead. Give me your give me your last one because I'm out of college picks and it seems like everybody else might yeah. be too. All right, so uh, my pick this week is a team that I believe scored zero points last week. It was the Vanderbilt Commodores at plus 15 and a half. Um, I think that both teams in this game, the uh, Tennessee Volunteers, also stink. And I just really think that Vandy will be able to put up more than one touchdown, and um, I don't think Tennessee will put up much. So I do like Vanderbilt plus 15 and a half points this week. My fun. only – go ahead, Mike. Uh, sorry, yeah. My fun fact about that – see, I was thinking about taking Tennessee minus 15 and a half, but then 
their their quarterback that has started and got benched like the past like three years. I actually played against him, almost picked him off. Just wanted to add that fun fact. Oh, thank you. Appreciate You're welcome. You're welcome. I, what a <laughs> dynamite drop in to let us know you almost picked off a guy who consistently gets benched by Tennessee. Um, <laughs> it just shows uh, how good of an athlete you really are. And I got mossed by my own teammates. So. Well, what are you going to do? Some sometimes you're the least athletic guy in the secondary, and that's just going to happen. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, my my issue with the Vanderbilt pick is they just don't score. Like they don't even get opportunities to score. The whole reason they they had like they 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 just needed to get into field goal range to let. Um, I, I want to see your kick, Sarah Fuller. I want to yeah. see your kick. Exactly. Like, and they couldn't do that. Now, granted, different different uh, opponent here in this situation. Tennessee is arguably not a good team and actually not arguably they are not a good team so we may see some action um and 15 and a half is a lot but vandy has shown me almost nothing that they i mean can vanderbilt put up 17 against number six florida they put up 35 against kentucky and they put up 17 against mississippi state they it's recency bias by just looking at one week yeah zero points looks bad but that's a good missouri team this year so I, I just I like Vanderbilt. I let, then again, I think both teams stink. So, but I still think Vanderbilt stinks less. All right. Well, stinks less always always a good uh, a good way to justify this. Hey, actually, you know what? I was going to mock you, but Missouri's five and three on the year. They aren't that bad. So, um, all right. Well, uh, I guess that wraps up the college football Saturday. And now we slide into uh, the. God, the Saturday night saver, as I try to call them, uh, and that's the UFC. Uh, I, in a, in a previous life at the Underdog, uh, was a the basically the UFC writer. I covered so many events for the Underdog, writing about them and, and uh, diving deep into that. Me and Chris used to do uh, the UFC commentaries podcast. Uh, so the UFC is something that I'm very focused on, and there's a couple avid UFC guys on the panel here. Um, Mike, I'll start with you because you are by far the the most heavy into the UFC of uh, of the, the other two guys. So wh- where are you, where are you looking to put your money Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I would say I'm a very very avid fan of the UFC. I would say my knowledge has uh, surpassed Greg. He's the old guy getting pushed out. I'm like Patrick Mahomes coming in as the new, new up and comer that has got more knowledge, gets better picks, gets more winners. So you're saying Greg's Alex Smith, so who's still a strong quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, no. you're giving him too much credit. I think I don't think this was you know think that one out. I, I horrifically broke my hand in a laptop typing accident, and that's why I stopped covering the UFC. And, and, uh, written form but now i'm back baby i'm back uh, this, this narrative of that i'm the old guy that is it, it gets pushed in group chats all over the place i'm the old guy i don't know i'm living in the past with the ufc let me tell you what i i do not appreciate this i i i am still just as up to date as any of you guys in the ufc hey fellow kids how are you yeah. <laughs> that's what you just said <laughs> Unreal. Mike, first right. pick. All right, so my first pick. This one is a big one. So the line has actually been shifting, going down against uh, who I like. Um, so it's it's Kevin Holland at minus 115. He was up like earlier. <laughs> Last week, he was up at like minus 140, minus 150, something like that. Kevin Holland is 4-0 and 
just this year in the in, in the UFC. He's going for five and zero. Oh. It's going to be like the fourth or fifth fighter that's ever done it. And I just think he's he's just. I mean, he's fighting Ronaldo Souza, who's a very talented grappler and is very good on the ground. But Kevin Holland's a very big power puncher. He has a nine-inch reach advantage, and he isn't terrible on the ground. So as long as he stays off of that, I think he can honestly KO him in the first round. Now, if it goes into deep waters is the only thing I'm nervous about because I think Souza, who is 41, though, still might have a bigger gas tank than Kevin Holland after so- watching three previous fights. So I told you guys I had one UFC pick uh, that written down this week. And my pick was Ronald Souza, whose nickname is Jacare, which is Portuguese for Jacare. I'm sorry, for the alligator, which have many teeth and they're always hungry. This guy's 41. He's still out there fighting for his life. If he loses this fight, I would say he'll never even be close to becoming a contender again. I love Ronaldo in this fight. Love him. Could not love him anymore. I hate your pick. All right, but now now let me offer you this. There is also people that will not be named that are big time just keep sending alligator emojis in because they're big big time on Ronaldo over over Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland, put him on the board. Love Kevin Holland. (laughs) Hate this pick. Hate those guys. They're not invited to Thanksgiving. I was not on on this fight. The line shifting is is what's kind of worried me the most. Big Jocker guy, though. The problem is he's two and three in his last five. All decisions, and, and quite frankly, I think one was even a split decision. His two wins, though, have been by knockout. Knocked out Chris Weidman. Uh, and knocked out Derek Brunson with a vicious head kick. That pa- that power still exists in Jock Ray, and I, I, I could see this fight being very, very close. And like you said, Mike, if it gets out of that first round, we could be in some, for some trouble for uh, for Kevin Holland. Exactly, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I think if he goes in deeper waters, it definitely will go into Souza's bag more. And if you like, can get him down and, and keep him under him um, and take down. It's all come down to Kevin Holland's takedown defense, I think, really, and and – I just think he's just more – he's just bigger height-wise and he's got a longer reach. You keep that distance, pick his punches, and stop the takedowns, though. I think he has a really good chance. But also, all those people you just named literally just fit your description. You just described all old people. <laughs> and you're the old guy. What are you talking – I'm ta- I'm just talking about who he fought recently. I know, and you're taking the old guy. He, he's, he beat all these old people that he still has power against. Weidman, old. Whoever else you said, old. You're just with Hang all the old guys. So There's only his, one person here injured, all right? so That, is, his, that is true. In, in his three losses, the last three, one, Jan Blakovich, the, the, the UFC champion. He lost a split decision in November of 2019 to him. He lost a unanimous decision to Jack Hermanson and, and lost a split decision to former title contender Kelvin Gastelum. We're not, we're not talking about old guys, and he's put going the distance with these guys. You're supposed okay. to knock out the old guys. That's how it works in the fight game. Okay. That is a good point. You didn't say Weidman and Brunson, though. They're... Well, those were his wins. Okay. I was going That's over true. his fights. That is a good point. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you that, but still kind of living in the past. Yeah, of course. I'm always <laughs> living in the past. Um well, I love that we have a face-off immediately on the first UFC pick. That is, that's what we're looking for—the animosity and the contentious, uh, contentious nature of the show. Uh, right away, going head to head. Mark, anything in the UFC? Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but I did do uh, some minimal research, and I have a parlay I love. So, mm-hmm. I'm going with Cyril Gon, who's a heavy favorite over Junior Dos Santos. 
And then I actually love Daniel Pineda over Cub Swanson. He's at uh, minus 160. Uh, Cub Swanson's coming off an ACL injury. It's uh, his first fight since last December. So I'm going to go with Pineda and then the heavy favorite to bring the uh, the odds to basically even. It was uh, minus 101 when I put it into Bavada. So even money on a heavy favorite that should win pretty easily against an older junior Dos Santos. And then, you know, the guy coming off an ACL injury. I don't really want to bet on him either. So let's go let with that me, little parlay. Let me tell you what. I love, love that you were on Cyril Gagne. It may, I am, and I, I might add it. I might add this to my card. Whew, I don't man. think I, I don't think I've ever been more excited in my life. I, so there, there has been an avid hype train behind Mr. Gane over He's the past six and now. Yeah, of course. That's where the hype train starts. Yes, sir. And, and just the absolute, just outpouring of love for this, for this pick. Future champ. Hashtag future champ in this situation. I'm putting it on the card. I'm doing it. Junior Dos Santos plus three twenty-five. Lock it in for me. This you picking him absolutely just just let's made go. It so so permanent that this we is should happen. also just fight. Just the the pair of us just go at it. <laughs> and, I don't think that's. I mean that that ends just that one of us tore our uh, one of our one of us ruptured our Achilles playing soccer. Like three weeks ago, us fighting ends and yeah, yeah, okay. Let's just stick with the betting. Um, but I love it. I'm going with the fighting Frenchman, and let's go. Junior's going to hate, bed. I, I don't hate the Pineda pick. I, I think Cub Swanson is in. He's in one of those situations where he is the old guy now, uh, and it's and it's you know we may be just a little bit past the prime. Um, I will I will quickly give out my my second uh, my second and and final UFC pick. Yo, Greg. Sorry, before you do that, I just wanted to add in on that. Uh, yeah, no, I like the, I really like the Pineda pick too. Just last time, uh, he was like a big, he was like a plus two fifty dog against Herbert Burns last time. Was it? Who was? I think is a name merchant because his brother is the number one contender uh, for the for the I believe the welterweight title. But yeah. um, but yeah, no, I I really like the Pineda pick. But uh, now I think Gan Gane's gonna get not. He's gonna knock him out. I mean, DeSantos is too old, but I, I, I will wish for anything for him to somehow lose. Trust. If he can somehow <laughs> lose, I will be a very happy person, but I just don't see it happening. It, it noted on both There's of Mike's picks that he, that he hates old people. <laughs> like, yeah. both of his picks can put against the older fighters. Oh, the fight game, normally when you're younger. I, I mean, unless, like, it depends how old. Like, I think once you're up there, up there, experience – Kind of goes to the wind when you're too far. I mean, he's forty or not. Dusantos is like thirty-eight somewhere up there, thirty-six. He's a former champion. Yep. Yeah, he is former champion. Yeah, he's almost yeah. Greg's age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny. Not even close. To be perfectly yeah, honest, I, there's nothing I would love more than starting like you want to know in USA UFC against you. That would just be well. So I mean, you 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 took a minus four fifty favorite. I would hope. <laughs> Don't know how you get that. Boys. <laughs> um, but so, uh, real quick, my last pick is one that's actually been moving. So earlier today it was minus one sixty, uh, and it's now moved to to minus one seventy five on Bovada, and that is Billy Quarantillo versus Gavin Tucker. Uh, Tucker was a super um, super heavy prospect coming into the UFC, undefeated guy was around, you know, really sort of made his name. I think he landed a couple quick knockouts. Um, 
really early on. And then he ran into uh, former, I think, Titan FC champion and, and current UFC fighter Rick Glenn. And the matchup was Glenn is the much taller, longer fighter. And it was a fight that if you go back and watch it, I don't know how uh, Gavin Tucker's corner didn't throw in the towel in this situation very early in like the second second uh, round. The third round was legitimately just a, a flat out beatdown. Like it was it was ugly. And, and the style matchup and the size difference between these two guys, uh, I think. Uh, Tucker's listed at 5'7", Quarantillo is, is listed at 5'10". Uh, the size difference here, I think, is really it's really what bothered him in that Rick Glenn fight. Uh, I just think even though it's a little bit of extra juice at minus 175, Billy's got to be the pick. I, I do agree with there. I really do like Billy Q. Uh, I think he – I also have a thing where I just – so Gavin Tucker is a Canadian fighter. I just, I just don't think there's that many – good UFC fighters from Canada, at least now, like currently in the UFC. I don't know. That might just be some random I'm, dumb thought I've had in my head. I'm uh, really happy you qualified that because I was about to just throw the no, list. I'm saying, right, I'm saying right now, I'm saying right now, there's a few like Felice Spencer, like some girls, different things. I guess you can, I think Tan, the Tanner Bowser guy stinks, but, but I know I, I just mean, don't think, I, I just, I, I think Billy Q should easily get it done against, against Gavin Tucker. I agree. I mean, let's let's be honest. The the Canada's produced some of the best champions in the world, GSP, et cetera, yes, Rory McDonald. Yes. Rory McDonald, long That's time. I said now. That's why I Stop. I'm just bringing it up. The old guys got to get the respect too. That's all I'm saying. Um, Ooh, weird. All right. So, <laughs> running theme. The UFC is yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah. Jesus. Greg's favorite <laughs> artist is Ralph Macchio from the Karate Kid. <laughs> I never, I've never even seen that movie. I'm not even a Karate Kid. Uh, I have seen the Hillary Swank one, though. So I think it was the next Karate Kid. Um, but that's neither here nor there. All right. that that's. Does anybody else have anything in the UFC? Or let's head to Sunday, right? Yep. Yeah, that wraps up my research that I did. So Good work. Uh, so NFL Sunday. This is usually where you're supposed to solidify your weekend and be able to collect on uh, from Bovada that night. Um, in reality, for the most part, uh, it's usually a struggle when you're watching Red Zone, just doing math in your head constantly. Um, Matt, kick us off in the NFL. All right. Uh, let's start it off with just my lock of the week. Um, Bovada has the lines for the Las Vegas Raiders uh, versus the Colts at home in Las Vegas. Um, I love Raiders money line uh, currently at plus three. I think the Raiders, uh, uh, Philip Rivers having to come back to the West Coast is just not going to help out at all. And I think the Raiders are too good to be plus three underdogs at home against the Colts. So I think that's a lock that the money line just outright win. Um, yeah, I really like them in this game. I mean, definitely coming off a very strange uh, game last week against the Jets. Um, you keep saying Moneyline and plus three. Uh, Moneyline's plus 135 for them to win outright on Bovada, and plus three is them against the spread. Where we have – clarify. Sorry. I apologize. I meant um, they're plus three in the spread, but I like to skip all that and just go straight to Moneyline. I was just trying to point out the fact that they are, in fact, underdogs on Bovada Sportsbook right now. Okay. All right. Well, that makes that makes more sense. I just wanted to make sure because, I mean, granted, I would, I you you would be known to take them 
either way, uh, or probably both ways. <laughs> um, but to me, to me, the Raiders are coming off a very strange game against the Jets, one they probably should have dominated, uh, and in reality, they were in a struggling fight. The Colts, the, the Colts locked out for sure against Houston. I mean, that Deshaun Watson fumble not something that typically happens and it essentially saved them and the Colts are in a much better position for it. The Colts have to win this game if they want to maintain pace and the Raiders also have to win this game if they want to, if they want to try to keep pace in a very, very uh, congested AFC playoff picture. So you said this is your lock of the week. This is my lock of the week. Raiders funny line lock. It's funny because that is a scary lock. I was very confident in the Raiders last week. I know. And actually, it was funny if people remember for the uh, if they listened to that episode that never got released, which they did did not. I actually went against your pick when you were very confident. And I said the Raiders would win, but they would win by not the spread. So so maybe, you know, the Raiders and I don't I don't know. I mean, lifelong Raiders fan always have been, always will be, you know, John Madden, Chris Long's dad, everyone. I'm just um, I really know what I'm doing. You were the guy that dressed as the like uh, up like Darth Vader in the stand in the black. That's gold. how big the Raiders fan. Exactly, lifelong, black and yellow or black and gold. <laughs> black and yellow, black, black and silver, black and silver, black and silver. At this point, I would question if you have ever even watched the Raiders. <laughs> All right, well, oh we go from Matt, we go from Matt's lock. Mark, what's up with you? So this is a line to me that just doesn't make any sense, and I feel like the public is going to be very heavy on one side and I'm going to go against the public again with my heart here a little bit, but I have no idea why the Eagles are plus seven versus Saints. I think the Saints should dominate them, but I'm, I don't know. Maybe the lines know something, maybe Bavada knows something and I'm going with the birds plus seven. That line makes no sense. Yeah, I, I don't under, I, I agree. I think everybody's all, on the hype train of Jalen Hurts coming in, finally making that QB change, and like everybody's thinking that somehow our offense is just going to magically just click. And not, not that we're on our 12th lineman and Jason Peters is a revolving door. And Doug Peterson doesn't call any any good plays. Maybe maybe we should try to get our, our best player, our running back, involved a little bit more. Not sign Jordan Howard off the street and give him more carries and hit Boston Scott. Hey, Boston Scott. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think. The, I don't think the Eagles win this game. No. Um, but I think maybe it's just a lower scoring game. They cover the defense. Just plays plays their asses off here. Uh, you know, D line's going to play Taysom Hill pretty well. I mean, he hasn't shown much with the arm. So you know, we'll I see. Mean, but it doesn't make sense. He is coming off of his best his best game as a passer, throwing two touchdown passes over the weekend. Um, and against the struggling defense, I'm, I'm, I'd be worried if I were Eagles fans uh, trying to make some money off of him. I'm just nervous on how many points we'll actually score because the Saints, I know they've played some, not some great teams, the Broncos without a quarterback and some other teams recently, but they, their defense looks like it's clicking on all cylinders. That's why I'm just nervous at how many points we're going to need to put up if we want to actually. And all of these reasons I agree with. And that's why I'm going with the Eagles. I don't. I don't know. Eel, like Eel. the Saints, I feel like the line should be at least 14 in this game. I yeah, mean, I think it should be higher. QB, but I, I don't I, know. I think it's the unknown factor of Hurts, right? We we, we saw essentially just a second half of Hurts. Uh, we saw some good stuff. We saw some not so good stuff. Um, 
And I think you don't want to make it too high just in case Jalen Hurts is the truth and you don't want to lose money. Because let's be honest, if I see double-digit lines in the NFL, more than likely I'm looking at that underdog. Um, just because teams, there's there's very few 45 to nothing blowouts like that Patriots-Chargers game, right? Uh, a lot of these games are relatively close or come down to one or two possessions that really make or break the spread. Um, so making this game too crazy and and without really any nfl game film other than like what 22 minutes of jalen hurts last week it's that's it's tough to it's tough to really blow uh you know blow up the line in the saints favor save your money don't bet the eagles malcolm jenkins revenge game hate everything about the eagles on this line just i did save it this I'm so against his pick. I don't, Mark will never agree. I can't even agree. argue with you, <laughs> argue with you <laughs> because I agree with you. But I, well, I, there's just something. When I saw this pick on the board, I immediately thought, oh, I'm going to bet my mortgage on the Saints, which makes me it, think, hold on. Why would I do that? It's the heart. for It's the feel versus actual data conversation, right? This is a pick that you just feel is going to happen versus what actually should happen statistically. I fully get that. It's it's the reason why I had I, I said it, you know, back when the Eagles were going into San Francisco, they had no business being in that game. They had no business uh, winning that game, and they're plus three three hundred on the money line. And yeah, yeah, I had to take it because I just kind of knew. So I fully get why you're making the pick. That's just that's just how it's going to have to be. I just yep. think the Saints have too much talent as a team as a whole on the offense, on the defense. I just don't like this is a game as an Eagles fan that I'm fully comfortable walking away from. And in, and even honestly, I don't ever bet against the birds, but if I was a betting man, I might bet the saints this game. I also would just like to add in, I don't know. I haven't looked at any numbers. This thought just popped into my head, but uh, we're entering the fantasy playoffs, obviously for some fantasy leagues we're in. And um, I could see a really big week this week when somebody's on a bye for uh, the running back. What's his name? Alvin Kamara? Yeah. I could see a really big week while somebody's on a bye and then it'd be terrible next week and then blame it all on Taysom Hill. Take it up with the fantasy podcast on the Underdog Network. We're, we're not here to do fantasy. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially for us who got knocked out already. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and, and give my lock. I only have one NFL pick this week, and it's the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are plus six and a half. The, to me, the the Vikings, I, they they're a team I'm never I'm never going to get off of. And I don't know why they have the Bucks. The Bucks are coming off their bye. The Bucks just aren't clicking on offense. The the Vikings can get pressure up front, get in Brady's face, and that's how you beat him. Um, I think that they, I, I think the Vikings also have enough talent to contend with that Bucks defense. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Uh, potential rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson. Those are guys. And Kirk Cousins game manages. That he does what he has to do. He's not out there trying to play hero ball. He knows what he's doing. I love them at plus six and a half. That's my lock. Uh, but I'm also going to look at uh, plus two forty on the money line at Bovada, uh, and, and I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on that too. Confident. So, yeah. I, listen. Like, I, I I like them. It's in it. <laughs> Where did you say it's at? It's in Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think yeah, it's trademark. We have to edit that out. Uh, oh, jeez. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's a good pick. I like the Vikings in that game. I agree with your pick there. I'm not taking it as one of my picks, but I do like your pick. 
Yeah, they appreciate the call. Their offense has their offense has been playing very well lately. I could easily see him see him putting up some numbers against that Tampa Bay defense, who has been solid for most parts of the year, but they've been they've been they've been wrecked a few games. Yeah, they've been they've been lackluster lately. Yeah. So I think this is a spot where Minnesota, especially in a desperate need of a win, uh, to to kind of keep up with the with the NFC uh, and give themselves a better advantage heading into the final three weeks of the season. So. Um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Um, Mike, uh, we'll go to you for your NFL be, uh, NFL game. This one is going to be gross. Not going to lie to you, this is gross. Just me thinking about it, it just stuck out to me earlier, and I didn't know I didn't really like any of the lines that much, but this stuck out to me, and I don't know why. But I'm going to take the Chicago Bears plus one <laughs> in Chicago. Hate that against the Texans. I know the Texans just had that bad loss, so they might have bad taste in their mouth. Chicago's lost like six in a row. Foles may be healthy, maybe not. I don't know who's going to start. I think I'm pretty sure Mitch is going to start, but I think this could be like a little Mitch revenge game because you're playing Deshaun Watson, who he obviously got drafted higher than. So I think he might come out there and actually play some good football for once, and uh, and they might actually cover. I don't know. I just something about that game. It's it's just so gross that I needed to get it in. Is on disgusting. It. It, it is disgusting. Just very, but I feel like it would be more of a Deshaun Watson revenge game on, uh, for the Bears not drafting him. And also, there's just no way I'd ever I'd ever lay money on the Bears right now. They're nah. they're so bad. It's that Actually, defense, man. That defense is just it's just got me me- me- mesmerized. Don't screw it. I will take the other side in this <laughs> one because that is just such a bad pick. That actually is one of my picks this week. I did take Texans minus one at Chicago. Gee. So you're. I mean, the, Gee, the Bears look good. Let's go. <laughs> the Bears right. stink. Bears have been bad. Yeah, but they're due. It's we're all back to their due. They've lost six in a row. They're due for a win. Why are they due? They stink just like the Eagles. They're bad teams. Who's gonna, who are you due for that, when you're terrible? You think the Jets are due? That secondary for the Texans is awful. Who is going to cover Allen Robinson? Who's, Who's going to throw to Allen Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's an ugly game. The Bears need a win to like maybe somewhat stay in that playoff race in the NFC. And this is just something to look out for at home uh, when they win like 10-7. to 7. You guys be like, wow, this guy's a guru. He knows what he's talking about. Yep, that'll be us. <laughs> yes, 100%. We'll always give you compliments even when you're right. You know us really well. Yep. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else have any NFL picks before we get into the Sunday challenge? So, yeah, I do. I have a lock real quick if I can all get right. into it. Um, so I love that we're all going with underdogs for our lock here. Um, I'm going with a money line pick plus 145. Give me the Washington football team against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. That that team is they're they're playing some really good football. That defensive line is absolutely scary. It's going to be so scary for the next I don't know 10 years. Chase Young and Montez Sweat are incredible. And I think Nick Mullins is still starting for the Niners. So give me Alex Smith in the revenge game plus 145. It was plus 150 earlier. The the lines even moved down from three and a half to three. I love it. Give me the football team. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like Garoppolo is is not close to coming back. Um, I mean, there's there's rumors that, that he may not even be a 49er after this season, which is an interesting move. Um, it's I, I don't hate the pick. They have the they have the, the the talent up front to stop what San Francisco does best, and that's run the ball. Um, 
I think like, kind of agree with what you said. Washington's playing inspired football, and Rivera has 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 coached them up uh, in a way, uh, and really made them believe in themselves. When I don't think many people saw this coming into the season. I think when you beat cancer, you can make men kind of believe whatever you want them to. Sure. So <laughs> I don't know if that has something to do with it, but you know, Alex Smith has he's looked pretty decent. I mean, I didn't think he'd be able to move out there at all, but. He's got the ball moving. J.D. McKissick looks all right out there. We'll see what's going on with Gibson, but I still love the football team at plus 145 here. All right. I, I don't hate that pick. No, I, think it's a, I think it's a strong pick. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, Chase Young, that man's just an animal. So, big fan. All right. All right. <laughs> love so, it. We're all pretty much in agreement, so that's a yeah. lock for a loss. Yep, you guys I'm mark that down as a loss right there. All right, 0-1. Oh and one. Hey, that one. <laughs> San Francisco for sure gets the win in that one. Um, all right. So if nobody has anything else as far as NFL picks, we can head right into the Sunday night challenge. Um, oh, I just forgot to say what I was speaking about, Alvin Kamara earlier, though, is over in his, in his receiving yards and rushing yards. Maybe look at those or two, score two touchdowns in a game. Just look at his props. That's what I was trying to add in. Forgot to uh-huh. add that part in earlier. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. The best part of the Eagles team is their their – D-line, for sure, definitely bet heavy on Alvin Kamara. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, Sunday night challenge. So essentially as a way to compete even more uh, even more against each other because who doesn't like competition, we're going to go head-to-head in a Sunday night game every single week. And we are uh, – this week it's the breakdown, the matchup of two of the, the top-tier teams in the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Buffalo Bills, Bovada currently has the Buffalo Bills as minus two and a half point favorites. December and Buffalo weather probably going to be playing a factor, but we'll certainly see. Um, and we'll kick it off the first inaugural Sunday night challenge. And uh, we'll go to you, Mark. So I actually was looking at this game overall and then loved that it was Sunday night so I could talk about it anyway. I love the Steelers here. Moneyline plus 125. They're just, you know, too good of a team. When the value's there, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with them outright. They had a weird second half against Washington, and I, I don't know. They're still a really good team. Eleven and one, they're they're rolling. I don't know. Bill beat the Niners. We just talked about how the Niners really aren't that good. So I'm going with Pittsburgh here. All right, yeah, that definitely definitely. Uh, whenever you can get a team that's <clears throat> only one loss this deep in the season at plus money, why why not take it? Absolutely, uh, Mike. What do you think about Sunday night? Yeah, I was going to agree with that. I uh, I think the Steelers are going to have a bounce back game. They really let 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 down their guard in the second half. That was like their like first uh, like in like being up fourteen. They were they were like a hundred with one hundred and no with like one tie, and that was like their first tie ever being up fourteen and like blowing the lead or something in like the history of the Steelers or some some like crazy stat like that. I think they're they they had a letdown game in that second half. I think they're gonna. They come out. The defense for the Bills really hasn't been that good all year, and I really like the Steelers as dogs. I, I think I think they'll definitely cover that plus two and a half, and I think they'll probably win the game outright. All right, Matt. Um, you know, I, usually with my blood, you'd think I'd be going Steelers this game, <clears throat> but I think I really like the Bills. I um got to watch Josh Allen play last game, and I very, very much enjoyed the way he played. 
I always thought he was just kind of an average uh, quarterback that people just happen to love and think that he was maybe better than he actually is. And I think he really balled out last game, really showed that he's a true competitor in this league. And I love um, I love Bills Mafia and the Buffalo Bills minus two and a half on Sunday night. So it comes down to me, my pick. Um, will we be two and two? Will we be three and one? Uh, I have I have somebody that I reference a lot when it comes to teams from Buffalo, and that that's my good buddy Jason. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna have to ride with Let's Go Buffalo. I loved what I saw of Josh Allen. I, I love Stefan Diggs. I think he's made that team infinitely better. Um, I, I, you know, Zach Moss should bounce back from the benching due to the fumbling. Uh, I just think this is a spot where they can cement it if they are at home. Uh, and there is a serious weather thing. I, I love, I love this. Uh, let's go two v two to to end the first episode of the podcast and uh, and get the. The Sunday night challenge going. I cannot say I'm not surprised that you chose against it to make it an even 2v2 for that pick. I really just wanted to give Jason the shout out. Uh, that's really my whole reasoning behind it. Um, the, the guy loves the Buffalo Bills, man, and I'm never going to hate on that. They circle the wagons. They definitely do. Uh, one quick note I forgot a UFC pick uh, Charles Dobronx Oliveira. Plus 145 at Bovada right now. That is a mistake. Just uh, too, too many things going on. Everybody's yelling. But I wanted to make sure we had a little bit of value out there going up against Tony Ferguson. Um, I, I like I'm that. sure I'll regret. I'm sure I'll regret throwing that in at the end. I like, yep, I like that pick. And watch out for Brandon Marino, or Moreno. That's a value pick. Sure, sure. <laughs> value picks late in the game. Uh, all right. So if nobody has anything else as far as picks go, we will wrap up the first episode of Better's Delight here on the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, thanks, everybody, for checking out the show and, and following our picks or, or fading our picks. Uh, we'll see what happens and if we can make you some money either way. Uh, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week.